0: Hello, survivalists. Welcome to 2021. And what a year it's been. And we're only 11 days in. At the start of any journey, it's good to reflect on your previous one. So as Kaylee, Daisy, and I gear up for 2021, we're taking a week to look back at 2020 and thought a replay of one of our previous episodes would be a fun thing to do. Since it is the beginning of the new year, and a lot of people are looking to possibly shed all that holiday and 2020 weight, and here in the UK, we are in another lockdown, we thought it might be fun to re-listen to our exercise episode from season one. We hope you enjoy this listen down memory lane, and maybe even pick up a few tips you might have missed or forgotten from last time. Enjoy, and we will speak to you soon. And welcome to How to Survive Your Life. I'm your host, Molly Merwin, and I'm joined, as always, by Daisy Earle and Kaylee Cassidy. This podcast takes inspiration from the news, discusses it, debates it, and gives you top tips on how to survive everything. Welcome to How to Survive Your Life. I'm your host, Molly Merwin. Welcome to our sixth episode on exercise pump it pump it yes pump it pump it pump it i'm joined as always by kaylee and daisy ladies how are you doing i will start with i don't remember who i started with last week so i'm just gonna start with kaylee because she's there not because i have any preference for anyone
1: okay we'll say that molly but you know the score (laughs) three two I'm 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 really good. Excited about this one. Exercise, something that I've definitely been throwing myself into during quarantine as one of the only things that there is to do. Yeah, exploring the great outside and really, really, really getting to know my area, like the back of my hand. Is that a saying? Yeah, no, that, that is a hand. saying.
2: I hate it when you talk dirty. It's so weird. What? I'm talking dirty. Uh It's a joke because you said I'm getting to know my area. And I was like, come on, Kaylee, oh. Let's not start this again. Oh, I'm it's- also doing that. I'm
1: also doing that, Daisy. Yes. Probably getting to know my area. It's Kaylee, <laughs>
0: Obviously, she's getting to know her area very
1: well. Oh, I need to give it a postcode, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be like
0: vse i think very southeast
1: you know but i live east so very oh southeast because it's on my body <laughs> Right. yeah okay so i feel that area that i live in and then that's for the anyway yeah so it would be very very se 32 because that's my age
0: there you go vse 32 is I like uh it. is <laughs> Okay, so
2: that's how Kaylee's doing. That's how I'm doing. (laughs) Oh, Daisy, how are you? I'm good, yeah. I feel slightly disadvantaged this episode because I'm not big into exercise, but I've tried my best to, you know, like every episode, to be fair, I've tried my best to give advice on something I really know nothing about. Right. So... I'm, ex- there we I'm go. excited to hear it. I
1: hear you Daisy, I'm not the expert actually either So it's just really fun to sort of try and be, you know
0: Yeah, we're not the experts on anything
1: so. <laughs> Apart from our
2: areas ladies <laughs> <laughs> You are too much this morning <laughs> I don't think we've recorded in the morning before And I didn't really account no. for your energy levels
1: <laughs> Do you know why it's really funny you say that? Because I have so much energy in the morning because I wake up very early. My brain's like, woo! And then I'm like, this morning, I'm like, normally just have a smoothie for breakfast. But this morning, I was like, I'm gonna have some toast so um yeah but the only problem is i'm already hungry
0: my husband and i are doing time restricted eating or tre which basically means we only eat within an eight hour period which basically just means i skip breakfast so i haven't even had breakfast yet today oh um, no are you hungry um actually no i was a, i was like a smidget hungry and so i had
1: some tea did you say, did you say
0: smidget smidget that's you know a little bit a smidget. It
1: smidgen? It's like
2: smidgen smidgen Now, I say,
0: I swear to God, I've always say smidget.
2: I mean, you're wrong, but you're welcome to. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: like twat and twat, right? We're back there again. I was about to say, I wonder if this is an American thing.
0: Okay, any Americans out there, let me know if it's smidget. And obviously, I have two British, so I know that. Anyway.
2: I've never heard of that one. I've still not quite got over... How excited Kaylee was about having had toe. And what I loved about that, <laughs> Kaylee, is that you said it like it was a punchline to a joke. And I've kept replaying it in my head, going, Where was the setup? What's the joke? <laughs> Oh, my
1: God. There's no punchline with me. This is going to be the
2: funniest episode because Molly's just going to be hungry, which I'm hoping will turn to anger because I've never seen (laughs) Molly angry. And then you, Kaylee, just with far too much energy. I'm quite tired because genuinely, we're not tired, but I, this morning, this isn't even a lie. um, And I didn't, I would love to say I was committed enough to this episode that I did it for the episode, (laughs) but I, I didn't. I've started like an online boot camp. So you do like, you could do it every day, but I only do it every other day. And it's online classes. And I decided to do a strength class because I'm lazy and it sounded less um, intense than aerobics. Oh my God. Like... It was so intense and now I ache all over. And some of it I couldn't even do. Like hold the back of a chair like behind you and then lower yourself Mm -hmm. down. And I, oh, it was too much. Although I have a theory because I find press-ups quite hard to do and everyone else in the group, because mm-hmm. you can see them because it's a Zoom call, seem to find press-ups quite easy. No, sorry, I'm not. I'm saying the wrong thing. Push-up, like when you put your hands down. Yeah, no, no, no.
1: Yeah, that's a press-up. Oh, that's, that's a, a press-up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're hard. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. No, My face was,
0: that's like one of the hardest things. I'm excited. I now can do five or six press-ups, like no problem. But that took me
2: years. Oh, God. I found it so hard. And then... But my theory is there was a woman in my group who was mega skinny and I'm mega the opposite to that. So I'll just say it. I'm quite a big woman. And I thought if, uh, it must be harder for me like I've got a lot more to fucking push up here like I thought if I was your size and had that I don't know seven stone or whatever it is you're using over there I feel I could lift that but I thought I've got to lift up me like this is definitely I don't know maybe <laughs> your arms are proportionate no that doesn't make sense because that would mean that bigger women had giant muscly arms which it's is
1: quite not quite m- existential almost I've got to lift me like there's some real poetry Ooh, in that yeah
2: too
1: yourself. I don't know. Maybe that's how Westlife yeah. write their lyrics. You raise. I me find up. it
2: a lot easier to raise myself up if I wasn't such a couch potato. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely makes me want to eat less, just so that's less hard next week. I hear what
1: you're saying about press ups, but I've got my nemesis, and it might mm. be yours, but it's the burpee. Have you heard of the burpee? <gasps> I don't
2: think I burpee, burpee is. Oof. Oh, oh, yeah. The burpee
1: is the worst thing in the world. Now I would always love to do the crow pose. We've known that. talked about that but the burpee Like if someone goes do a burpees in an exercise class I'm like I just I just can't it involves a Mm push-up so you you oh I can't even go there right so you do a jump you jump on the floor you're in a plank you do a push-up you jump up and then up into the air again so it's a push-up but with a plank and with lots of jumping and it's horrible it
0: is yeah
1: and you might have to be 20 in a row
0: it is oh god the burpee i think i think that's universally the hardest exercise for anyone i bet there's burpee oh are. there totally is there's the people that do crossfit and it's it's basically like boot boot camp on steroids and they fucking love burpees but
1: i do not <laughs> a couple
0: of years ago This is not a humble brag, but it's gonna sound like it, but I was training for a marathon. And so my friend asked me to do a, it's a Spartan race, and so it was. I think it was a 10k. So it's only six miles, whereas a marathon's 26.2 miles. And I didn't really train for it. I was like, oh, I'll "Train for a marathon? I'll be fine." No, it was marathon. Not. Wow. Well, yeah. So I was training for the marathon. So I thought the Spartan race, six miles, easy peasy. No, it was six miles through mud and my upper body strength, like I have none, <laughs> but I have not. So you have to like pull yourself up. And then all of a sudden that is when I learned what a burpee was because oh. you come to one and they're like, okay, now you have to do no. like 15 burpees. I'm like, I'm sorry. What is, what is a burpee? And then they show you. And i said, no, I'm done. I'm not doing that. I did it, but I cried. Not really, but I did on the inside. Oh, welcome done for doing it. I did it. I did. I w- it actually, in the end, was super fun because you're like wading through mud, your army crawling through stuff. And in the end, you're like, yes, I, I did that. I accomplished it. I'm just covered in mud. And I felt like, and I got a medal. But that was the day I learned what a bird wasn't.
1: And- yeah, that's quite a day to learn, isn't it? When you're jogging that far anyway. Oh. Well done, Molly. Well, thank you. I this, I this
0: is nothing. There's also the Tough Mudder, which is, I think, a half marathon. It's so 13 miles. And same stuff. You're going through mud. You're doing burpees you're pushing up stuff you're doing I'm sure anybody who's done a Tough Mudder is like you have no idea that's the only the half of it but oh all these people Like, I have a lot of friends that do you know ultra marathons and bike for miles and miles for days and days and I'm just like mm,
1: the relentlessness of it is quite tricky
0: and I'm just over here just you know I'm happy with my yoga and my couple miles a day and that's about it anyway I it, it is interesting though with with lockdown or shelter in place or wherever you may be, people are starting to exercise more. Yeah, well, they
1: were. I don't think they are now. I think people are basically just going and flouting and sitting in parks, pooing in people's gardens and leaving litter everywhere. Did you hear about that? People pooing in people's gardens. That's madness. What?
2: Why? What,
1: why were they because pooing? Because there's no toilets open and everyone's going outside to socialise. Yeah, so I, a friend told me, and I can't find the article online, but in Brighton specifically, people are pissed off because a lot of people are going to the beach. There's no toilets open, so people are just using toilets wherever they want. The thing is, though, like, I, I understand it. Go to the park, hang out with your friends. But, like, I really feel sad about what, Especially this area in East London looks like it is full of rubbish. Bins are overflowing and people just aren't taking their litter home with them, which I really think mm. that we, I don't know, I just think we should do it. I just think we should be a bit better. Oh, yeah. That is one thing that I like yesterday went for my run and I just felt disgusted. And there's patches of, like, I run around a park which goes around some bushes and there's just toilet roll in clumps everywhere. And it's just oh, so gross. Like, gross. if you are going to use toilet roll when you go to the toilet, just put that in a little bag. And take, take it with you. you. Like, don't just leave it in the bushes. You do it with your dog. It's not looking good. I don't know about your, where you live, but it's not looking good around here. The the whole um of the sort of weird Thames beaches, like it's just, they're floating. And yesterday I saw a coot making a nest with a plastic bag. <gasps> no! Yep. That's sad. Sorry to bring the phone down.
0: Our, our, I, I will say I've noticed like, especially around the park, trash bins overflowing. But I'll give it to, I'll give it to our council. They've been pretty good about it, but at the same time, they only can do so much. But th- by the end of the day, if I go for a run at the end of the day, it's just overflowing. See, this is why, so the past two weekends, we've met separate friends in Regent's Park and we don't bring like any alcohol with us or anything like that. Cause we're like, we're going to have to pee and we don't want to, yeah. and there's no toilet. So yeah, it's just so rude and disgusting. Like, I understand when you're camping, like, I've definitely popped a squat. Don't get me wrong. I'm not above that. But clean up after yourself.
1: Yeah. I have I have peed in the bushes, but I take yeah, I, I, who I hasn't. take my toilet roll with me and put it in a bag. Exactly. And or whatever. What about you, Daisy? What's it like around where you are? Is it litter?
2: I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere. So it's not. Yeah, I haven't really counted that here, to be honest. I like, though, when you said that the coot made a nest out of a plastic bag. It sounded like you were blaming the coot. (laughs) I I wasn't blaming the coot. It just made me so sad because if you
1: like see them, their neck's going like this and he's just got this big blue plastic bag in his beak and he's just swimming across to his wife and the baby who are like, yeah, we'll take anything right now. There's no more branches. It's just, McCoy crisp packets and and oh my goodness! Yesterday I saw a cygnet, which is a baby swan. They were eating out of a Morley's box that was just floating in the tent. Like I was like, oh man, I'm out, I'm out. This is this is bad times. It's not their fault. They want the ketchup and the salt and the you know. I mean, I don't blame them. I want it too, but they shouldn't have it. Also, you shouldn't feed uh, birds like geese and ducks bread. And I see it every day. This is people just feeding the geese. So yesterday morning when I woke up, all the geese were going crazy and there's shit all down the promenade outside my boat because they can't take the bread and they are just, what?
0: What should you feed them?
1: We're getting away from exercise, but or bird seeds or grains. But you you shouldn't be getting a big, massive hovis loaf and just throwing it in the water.
2: (laughs) I don't want to start rebuttals early doors because I know I have heard that you're not meant to give ducks bread. But when my husband and I live in Reading and there are ducks outside our house, and when we first moved there, I fed the ducks bread. They all quacked and were happy and I was having the time of my life. I felt like I was four years old again. It was joyous. And I just think that, you know, by stopping people giving bread to ducks, they've survived as a species for years. And, you know, giving (laughs) bread to ducks is something we've done for a really long time. So although people say actually like peas and stuff are, are better, I would find that hard not to do. Why? Because I like it, Kaylee, and I'm a selfish person. You <laughs> doesn't want to believe your your science.
1: Oh, I love that! My science. Welcome to Kaylee's science. Coop with a plastic bag. Signet with a Morley's box. Science.
2: <laughs> science. No, it's not that. I mean, I'm not going to give them a plastic bag or choke them. I'm not a monster. I'm just saying that I quite <laughs> like feeding ducks bread. This is the kind of thing Katie Hopkins would debate about and be like, the world can't, she can't say anything these days. Although she probably wouldn't because she'd to be too busy being mean to fat people and anyone from abroad, you know.
0: Uh speaking of things animals shouldn't have, Luna shows up the other day. So we put a bell on her a couple of weeks ago because we had several unfortunate incidences with wildlife in our garden. So we finally put a bell on her and it's gone great no animals ah oh, amazing so but then yes a couple of days ago all of a sudden she comes over the fence doing her prideful kill Prance and I'm like oh god what do you have in your mouth now and I look and it was a chicken wing like a cooked barbecue oh. chicken wing how did you get this she's so proud and I felt bad and like I tried to get it and she ran and then you know she went in a bush and I was able to like grab it from her I don't know which is worse that somebody might have given this to you or you maybe took it off of someone's table either way I'm like whoever my neighbor is I'm really sorry if she stole your chicken wing the girl likes her chicken she takes after her mama no I reckon I reckon. She- went in the bin it looked fresh Kaylee it looked like a chicken wing you would not throw away
1: Baby, it was Daisy she loved feeding cats chicken wings she <laughs> loves feeding the ducks bread. she loves feeding the cats chicken wings dogs what do you feed them
2: um cocaine. I feel that that is different. <laughs> I don't think that giving a duck bread as we've done from the beginning of time to giving <laughs> a cat a chicken wing. Giving a cat a chicken wing is obviously demented. I wouldn't do that. I just think that giving but a But also bread... in the beginning
1: of time, no. Yeah, no. Bread wasn't invented before
2: time. And what do you mean? Well, from, you've had bread since ancient Greece. The ancient Greeks, there's actually a pot painting. Well,
1: of them feeding the duck's bread. Yeah,
2: in, genuinely, in uh well it's not actually this isn't the ancient greeks this is the ancient romans because it's in rome there is a pot painting and it is of literally a duck being fed bread but by it's not that's no. not the only thing in it it's just in the in the background mm,
1: i guess i guess the ancient you greeks... are lying i made that up i made that up it's well, a i lie. was gonna say daisies the ancient greeks have done lots of questionable things that we have <gasps> stopped doing since then but um, if you want to carry on, um, I feel like we're getting into the into the debate know, already. Yeah.
0: Let's get Let's to go. it. We're talking about exercise this week and trying to help people survive it. If this is your first time, or just to remind you, each week we take a topic inspired by the news this week exercise and debate it, discuss it, and give you top tips, which I am the one that decides who are the top tips. Each week, Kaylee and Daisy will each bring three top tips. They then rebut the other person's top tip. I then give two points for the best top tip for that round and one point for the rebuttal. With that, Kaylee has won three episodes. Daisy has won two. She won last week. Daisy how are you feeling about that win?
2: I feel good about that win, but I'm not going to take it for granted because I know what extreme bias is going on here toward this category.
0: You know, I haven't even I haven't even suggested this to you both. But, you know, I listen back to these episodes and a lot of times I'm like, "Oh, I question myself because you girls bring it every week. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I do agree. I
2: can, yeah, I can understand you questioning yourself. When it has to be I
0: do agree with my final choice, but sometimes I'm like, oh, so I don't know if this is going to happen. It may not happen this week, but as the judge I'm going to give myself and allow myself to give extra points in top tips. So I may award two points for a top tip, but if I also like the other top tip, I may award a half point or a whole point. I don't know if that's gonna happen. That's very exciting. I have no idea, but I wanna put that out there. So we're gonna gonna see what happens. I don't know. I, I didn't even discuss that with you two. Let's get to it. Daisy, you are the returning survivalist of the week. So you will start this week. What is your first top tip for surviving exercise?
2: Okay, well, my first top tip is actually about exercise addiction. So essentially, exercise addiction has been recognized as a real genuine psychological disorder. Now, I know that some people think that with addiction, well, how can you be addicted to something If it's not a substance, but obviously that's quite misinformed because, for example, gambling is an addiction and that is to a behavior, not a substance. So I think it's perfectly plausible that you could be addicted to exercise. And the University of Southern California found that it's something like 15% of adults are addicted to exercise, but sorry, 15% of the adults who are addicted to exercise are also addicted to cigarettes, alcohol or illicit drugs. And an estimated 25% could have other addictions such as sex addiction or shopping addiction. And the thing that I find interesting about addiction generally, but especially things like exercises, I'm just not sure how that would manifest itself because I understand when you hear stories from, say, alcoholics, to me, their stories, they could be so harrowing And it kind of makes sense to me. It's like, well, I was in the office and I found that I started drinking a few beers at lunchtime. And then I ended up hiding vodka in my desk. So I could see how alcoholism can manifest itself. Exercise addiction, although I sort of take it seriously and understand it's a real thing. I'm not sure how, what that would look like. Do you know what I mean? Like Do you wake up like dead on a yoga mat or you get one of those little (laughs) bicycles that you do quietly under your desk? I just it's hard I think to take something that's ultimately could be seen as quite silly because just imagine the intervention. You know, you'd come in and someone's like using a resistance band and you're like, look, Maggie, it's got to stop. And because it's something that normally is seen as being good for you. It's the excessiveness, I suppose, that makes it not good for you. But I got my information, by the way, from healthline.com and self.com, as well as the Guardian newspaper online. But some of the, so things to look out for. So what the the researchers said was most important, most importantly, is that for exercise to be considered an addiction, the person's exercise regime has negative consequences that they overlook or rationalize. So it's actually harming them in some way, but they continue to work out excessively. So that would be things like if you weren't very well and you decided you were still going to exercise just because you had to you had to do it. If you were going to be late for work, but you had to finish that class or whatever you're doing. So it's like a really compulsive behavior. So they said that lots of people use exercise as a way to escape and the primary goal is no longer kind of balancing the mind or reducing stress it becomes something that they really feel that they need that they're <laughs> this part I mean I do find this funny because again it's just the mental picture it says workouts start to impact on their relationships and again I'm like that just makes me think of like a couple and the man coming in and she's doing like I don't know a Davina McCall DVD (laughs) because it's the 90s in my mind. (laughs) People exercise. But yeah, it says other priorities suffer, happiness is redefined. And essentially, it's just an addictive behavior. And I think the thing about addiction is I imagine it's difficult to ask for help. And even more so when the thing does feel a bit silly. So, but because exercise addiction is so closely linked to things like eating disorders it's it's not like I doubt I mean I'm not sure for sure but I doubt you could die of exercise addiction but I'm sure it could have a uh negative impact like a hamster you know did anyone ever have that as a kid when I remember a friend's hamster died because they forgot to take the wheel out of his cage and he literally just wouldn't stop Aww. running on it and then he exhausted Aww. himself and died and I like to think that you don't get the human version of the hamster wheel where someone just is on like a one of those you know side. Cycle bikes and keeps going all day because you forget to take out their room but I think it can have a serious impact on your life so my tip would be to survive exercise how to exercise addiction would be to ask for help but from someone who is a trained therapist and able to help you or a support group or someone who has some expertise because someone like me would find it too funny, even though it's serious. I feel <laughs> give you adequate advice. That's my tip.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Thank you
2: for that first top
0: tip for surviving exercise Kaylee. your rebuttal
1: my favourite thing about that well there was a couple of favourite things but my main favourite thing was that you said to people who have exercise addiction to get help from trained people when you're giving them a tip so I just can't help but see the comedy in that
2: (laughs) I mean I said from the start I'm no ex I'm telling you to get help from someone who can it's just really funny I've got a tip for
1: you now okay my top (laughs) tip is to get tips from trained Trained experts, okay? (laughs) I love the image of people like little bikes (laughs) under the desk. Please, Ten more minutes, ten more minutes. Yeah, it does make it a little bit comical. But I guess exercise addiction is something you can't really tell somebody not to do because it's something that they have to sort out in their mental capacity because why do they want to exercise so much? What are they striving to achieve? So I think that going for help for... The exercise addiction is probably something else that they need to go and have the help for. It's really hard to rebut this because asking for help is really important, but I have to say that I can't...
2: <laughs> can I just say, Kaylee Hippie Cassidy, I love doing nice tips just because I know you'll struggle to rebut them. Like, I can't remember what week it was when I was like, oh, people shouldn't litter. And I was like, I can't fucking wait.
1: <laughs> I, can't. Yeah, but I think i think we should be stronger and and um, if we can't afford to ask for help from expensive therapists that cost 75 pounds then we should be able to find the strength from within and um, listen to this podcast for free and get some
2: advice on i did actually just to a point of <laughs> clarification here i said an expert or a support group because i know you always love going like Oh, Daisy Fancy Pants Earl, oh, let's spend all the money again. That's not what's happening here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you said support group, but really you mean, what's that rehab center that's really expensive called? Ready for Priory. Priory. That's what you meant when you meant support group. Yeah. I'm done. Okay.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Kaylee, for that rebuttal. Kaylee, it is your turn for your first top tip for surviving exercise.
1: Okay. So my first top tip is to have a growth mindset and find your flow. So a growth mindset is when a person improves their skills through hard work and determination. This feels different, but I'm going to try, is what somebody with a growth mindset would say. And it's as opposed to a fixed mindset, which falls into the bad habit of saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. People with a growth mindset achieve more. And I think it's important to work out whether you do have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset when it comes to exercise. So, you can create goals to work towards. The Couch to 5K program is a good example of this growth mindset. People identify that they have a fixed mindset by sitting on the couch. It's easier to sit there. And by taking part in the program, they're changing their mindset and making it a growth mindset. The goal is to run 5K and it's a motivating one. During quarantine, I've had a similar shift in my exercise regime because I worked on a fixed mindset when it came to running. I love swimming and all the swimming pools have closed, so I can't really swim unless I tie an elastic band to a wall and pretend to do the forward crawl. But <laughs> so I think that would be a worrying thing for me to do. So instead I thought, what else can I do? I'll try and run. And I really hated it. The first few weeks were absolutely horrible. I really did have like this sort of I can't do it, I can't do it. And it was constantly in my head. It was a very unenjoyable thing. But then I began running 20 minutes a day just to make it manageable and not go too big. And I really had to push through that fixed mindset. I also had to change what I was listening to. Originally, I was running to Simon and Garfunkel in the Velvet Underground, which aren't very motivating. Their beats are quite slow. So I had to compromise my musical taste and start listening to Ibiza clubbing anthems, which meant I suddenly started running further and a little bit faster. So the musical sacrifices had to be made in order to be a better runner. Two months later, I've actually managed to run 10K and I'm really proud of it. And it's a big achievement for me. And I wouldn't have got there by giving in every time my brain told me to stop. It can't be bothered. What else is there to do but carry on and create new good habits within myself? So this is where flow comes in. So Mihai Sheik Sensei Mihal. Oh, he's got such a difficult name. And I've spent the whole morning practicing how to say it. And now i forgot. Mihai, Sheik Sense Mihai is the master of flow. He wrote a book about flow. Yeah, I'm sorry about mispronouncing your name. It's even hard for people without dyslexia to say his name. It's a lovely name though. I don't want to deride from that. So he says, the best moments in our lives are not the passive, receptive, relaxing times. The best moments usually usually occur in a person's body or mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something different and worthwhile. I believe that finding our flow state is important when constructing our exercise regimes. But what is flow? Well, it's the experience of being in the zone. It's serenity. It's when you lose a sense of time passing and you're completely focused on activity. I believe it is hard to completely focus on Exercise because it is difficult, and we often drift off in order to just get through it. But actually, leaning into the challenge of exercise and wading through the I can't and I hate use, I often scream that at the yoga video that's for weight loss and go, I fucking hate you, Adrian. But um, I don't hate her. I just hate how this plank is making me feel. But we can, if we lean into the challenge, start to enjoy the pulsing in our fingertips when we run, the shaking of our body when we plank, and other things like that. Uh, The recommending amount of exercise is three 30-minute sessions a week. So we need to find the right exercise for ourselves. And don't just focus on the body that we want to achieve through doing the exercise. We want to focus on the person we're becoming while we are exercising. So try and enjoy it, find flow, build it into a habit so you can see it as more than a fucking hard thing to do. You can combine exercise with a friend so you can also enable social closeness. Or if you exercise alone, you can consider it quality time you're having with yourself. And as Mihai says... Flow is hard to achieve without effort. Flow is not wasting time. So find your flow and maintain a growth mindset. The boost in well-being will have positive effects in all areas of your life.
0: Great. Thank you, Kaylee. Daisy, your rebuttal.
2: I'm going to resist the temptation to mock Kaylee's hippie outset because I think it suits her. It's lovely. But what I would say is that I think some things in life are difficult And actually, they're made more difficult by hoping they would be easy. So as I said, I started exercising this week. I'm someone who's very out of shape, so it was really difficult. But I would actually find it a lot harder if I thought, oh, I need to get into my flow or my chi or my feng shui or whatever that was. You know, (laughs) so hard to keep up. I just, it's hippie, hippie, hippie. But I would just think that (laughs) it would be more difficult because I couldn't then accept that this is hard because it's meant to be hard
0: great awesome okay thank you daisy okay ladies good stuff once once again i'm going to start with the two points for the top tip i'm going to give two points to Kaylee for her have a growth mindset because I completely agree with this. We talked about doing the crow pose a couple a couple of weeks ago. And when I first started doing yoga, I was like, you know, that's just going to be something I never do. And if now I'm doing crow all the time. And now I've started to do headstands again. I was like, I will never do a headstand. It's fine. No worries. But slowly and surely I did it. And anytime that I've just accepted this, it's going to be hard, but I just have to try a little bit. It's just, work a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, it it eventually happens. So I think that's important. However, I am now invoking my new rule because I'm also giving a point to Daisy, because I think if you are in a tough spot, if you are dealing with any kind of addiction, it is so important to go get help, whether that's from a professional or a support group, wherever you need to find that you should do it. So I'm going to give one point to Daisy, for her argument on if you have an exercise addiction, get help. That's for any kind of addiction. If you ever need help, just seek it out however you need to professionally or from a support group. Really good advice. Now for the rebuttal i'm gonna give this one to daisy actually because i know i just said that kaylee uh things are hard and you have to take a little bit at a time but also sometimes things are just fucking hard and you have to accept that and that's okay and it doesn't cancel my previous option out
1: hmm, in- interesting that's not really what my yeah. point was but okay i didn't tell people not to find things hard it's supposed to be hard <laughs> But anyway, you read it as you like. I went really post doing that for some reason. And I don't know why. Okay, so we are now
0: tied two to two. Kaylee and Daisy both have two points from round one.
1: And Kaylee, you begin. What is your second top
0: tip for surviving
1: exercise? So uh, this is a very good top tip. I'm ready for this. I'm ready to share this top tip. Number two is just do it which is a Nike slogan, but it also means something else. Anything that exercises your heart is good for you, including sex, and by sex I mean physical intimacy and orgasm, specifically orgasm, as that's when the heart beats faster and the calories burn. There are many health benefits related to sex, stress relief, glowing skin, boosting the immune system, and heart health are but a few. Sexual arousal sends the heart rate heiter, heiter? <laughs> higher, higher, higher? And the number of beats per minute reaches its peak during orgasm. So sex is a beautiful thing, alone or with another. My extension of the top tip is don't get involved in sexercise. My reason being exercise makes sex stressful. I think sex is good for us. I think exercise is good for us. But I don't think high-impact sexercise plans blend very well. Just because the word goes well together, sexercise, let's make it a thing because it sounds really good. Like, we're better than that. Just because it goes very well doesn't mean that it actually does go very well. I can probably think of lots of foods that pe- that sound like they go well together, but uh, they don't. And uh, I can't actually think of any of them right now. Sorry about that. <laughs> but sex is already exercise, so why try and make it more exercise? A constant wanting from something that is already good. I read an article on The Cut by C. Maria McMillan called How I Turned My Sex Life Into an Exercise Routine. Now, she says, my grand experiment would last 14 days. I would perform aerobic sex exercises for 30 minutes a day, six days a week, using 12 approaches culled from contemporary fitness trends. Needing zero persuasion, my husband was on board. In brackets, she says, he would regret this decision in the coming days. <laughs> Experiencing the mix of dread and anticipation every athlete feels before an intense training period. We set a date and commence exercising. I will alternate between periods of heart pumping, high-intensity humping, and sensual, slow-paced recovery periods. So that's how she describes her sex. I know, I know. High-intensity humping. It doesn't sound very enjoyable. I think, or maybe it does. It depends what you're into. I think sex would be enjoyable, so don't make it as intense as C. Maria has, who makes sex seem really fucking hard work. I mean, the names of each day's exercise are difficult. You've got fitness role play. You've got sauna suit sex, which is really to say you've got sexillarties. You've got CrossFit sex. You've got interval sex. Interval training is horrible anyway. And then you've got Zumba sex. So she continues. This is what else she says in her article. After a pit stop for my lube, which I just love as a phrase, (laughs) I decide to keep the tone sporty instead of sexy. So I pull off my clothes, smack my hands in a single clap and yell, let's do this, in my coachiest voice. I immediately regret missing the chance to scream, clear eyes, full heart, can't lose, while slapping my husband's bare butt. So after her study, see Maria realizes that it wasn't worth it. Match sexercise, she says, with your sex drive. Otherwise it's just exercise, something you don't want to do, but are mildly happy you did once it's over. It's not manageable, she says, and I agree. Exercise taken to that extreme level is making intimacy stressful, taking you out of the body and into the head. It's not about the connection, but the moves you're making and how many calories you are burning. I do want to just mention that if you are living a life without sex, it's no bar to excellent health. Because if you are celibate, celibate, it's probably best to join a nunnery. As a long-term study by the NHS into health and ageing of a group of nearly 700 older nuns found that many of them kept active and lived until they were 90 or past 100. I'm not sure if they were secretly fingering each other, but I doubt it. I think they were just (laughs) healthy and nuns because the church looked after them. So, yeah, that's my top tip. Don't sexercise. Excellent. Don't sexercise. Yeah, do it, but don't combine it in that high-intensity sexercise size nature. Great. Daisy, your rebuttal.
2: Well, first I'd say for me this tip is very much redundant because I feel to most people sex is such a good thing. You wouldn't want to spoil it with something like a uh, athletic ambition. But the tip of if not having sex be a nun is dreadful. Find sex. If you're not having sex, have sex with yourself. <laughs> Nuns are mad. I won't go into it because this is a podcast but I have very (laughs) strong feelings about telling someone to be celibate. I think that sex is normal. I think it's good. I think that you should have it because we're animals. We're basically just big walking, talking monkeys. I'm not telling people to be celibate. I just no, didn't you were like, if you it. didn't have sex, you were like, well, just go and be a nun. And that's so defeatist. Don't be a nun. Terrible decision. So fucking boring. Cannot emphasize enough how bad I feel that would be for your life. You can just find sex. Have sex with a stranger, you know? There's a lovely line. That's right. I'm going there. There's a line in a play from Our Country's Good. And I know that Molly is a dramatist, so she will love this, where he says, take me inside you, whoever you are, and together we will remember England. And it's just a lovely sentiment about being abroad and being homesick and just shagging a prostitute to feel a bit better. And I think that that is how I feel about sex, that, you know, never... Under any circumstance, except that sex has gone from your life, and all you could be is a nun, because they are just bitter old crows who I do not like. That's oh right, I said God. it. No, I said it. It's out there. I think they're mean.
1: Yeah, I love. That. <laughs> I love that you were like because it's a podcast. I can't talk about how I hate nuns. I've <laughs> because done that's it.
2: The in the podcast, I'm sorry, contract. but. Every reference I have to nuns is that they're bitter old bitches. I just cannot. When you look at nuns in the 60s, I'm like, you dreadful women. Tell us how you really feel about nuns there, Daisy. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, put sort of i in. into a bit of a nun rant,
1: if I'm honest with you. I don't know if it was a rebuttal. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta
0: ask so Daisy, what if you could summarize your rebuttal in one sentence, what would it mean? Be? Never become a nun.
2: Ah!
1: great thank you absolutely love it okay that is yeah that's good advice it's like a top tip
0: tip. (laughs) thank you daisy excellent now daisy it is your second top
2: tip for surviving exercise okay my second top tip is never endanger emergency services because you're a dum-dum so there has been an increasing popularity in recent years to do more and more extreme sports which i don't mind unto itself but for example the these are the most recent statistics i could find there were and sorry this is from the the bbc between 2015 and 2017 there were 259 selfie deaths which means someone dying whilst taking a selfie mainly they were men aged between 20 and 29 and the three I know the three most popular uh, or most common deaths or other it's not like they chose a way to die uh, was drowning transportation which was like being hit by a train or uh, falling from a height so what they would do is they'd find a, a place to take a selfie you know like over a ravine or something and to get this like amazing photo they would completely overlook how dangerous that was I actually used to work for uh, the Royal National Lifeboat Institute. I worked in fundraising, but I have genuinely such res- respect for the fact that the RNLI and, for example, Mountain Rescue... Are volunteers and they're unpaid. So if you do something that's beyond your limits and do something that's a bit reckless, you are going to endanger the lives of unpaid volunteers. And in the case of Mountain Rescue, often dogs, because they have like search dogs, and who would endanger the life of a dog because they're a dum-dum, you know? I actually I went to a charity talk by Scottish Mountain Rescue, and the guy giving the talk was amazing he was this old gruff man that I feel was born old like I can't imagine this man ever having been young his name was Bernard and it was funny because he looked a bit like the dog so it just I don't know he just (laughs) made me laugh he was uh, adorable, but his talk was all about preventing death by basically not being stupid. But because he was so Scottish and gruff, he didn't tell it. So at the start of every story, you would see a picture of a family or a school trip or whatever it was, and it would. You by the end of it, I honestly had to step out of the room because I got the giggles. Because his basic talk <laughs> was: here's a person, so you'd see the picture. He'd tell the story. The person always died in some horrific way and he'd always summarise it were basically they were an idiot do you know what I mean <laughs> he had this really and it always stuck with me that I thought you know I, I got what he was saying so mountain rescue has been around since 1903 and it was in the 1950s that public volunteers so not just farmers and people that lived on the mountains but they started really kind of making it quite an, an organized thing And they're incredible. Do you mean they they do these incredible rescues? And to rescue one person, you'll often need 12 volunteers and a and a dog, and you hear some amazing rescue stories. But I think there's also people that just do things that are irresponsible. When I worked for RNLI, there was a man from Wiltshire. This is back in 2012 who was going to walk across the Irish Sea in a giant hamster wheel that he had made. It was like big, <laughs> yeah. It was like a big floating hamster wheel, and it was the, like a equi- equivalent of like walking for like 20 hours on a treadmill or something. Anyway, I, um he, because I was in charge of, in aid of fundraising, he had actually emailed our office saying he was going to, do this thing and I originally this man was so sneaky because I had said no I didn't think it was safe and I I probably because you know I thought it'd be silly to raise money for a lifeboat charity and then need a call out that cost thousands but then he actually had his own safety boat and he did it through another colleague who was in London because he was going from England to Ireland where I was living at the time so she said it was fine so he ended up doing it but his boat did sink after like five hours I think so he didn't make it but No, sorry, 10 hours. He gave up after 10 hours. But I, because his rudders failed, but I just, I think that there's no need to be irresponsible. Like earlier in the years, there were four men who tried to climb Ben Nevis and it was blizzard conditions and they did it in like trainers. They didn't have the proper equipment, but they used this really incredible app that I would recommend to people called three words so you can actually get it on your phone three words will essentially it's for emergency services so if you have the three word app it's like three like a numeric three three word app on your phone it will tell someone to a pinpoint where you are so the words are really random but it gives an exact geographical location so if you're in a mountain and you're on a particular ledge of that mountain or you're anywhere on that mountain it will give an emergency team by which three words they are your exact call. Coordinates. So, say you're lost in the middle of Wales, and you, uh, you know, you break your leg and you ring, and you've got this app. It might be like pigeon, apple, flower, or whatever, but they'll be able to put that in and they'll find exactly to the meter where you are. Wow! Yes, yeah, so that's pretty incredible. And you do. Don't get me wrong. You hear some amazing rescue mm-hmm. stories. Like there was a story earlier in the year. A ten-year-old boy at Ben. This is a mountain near Dalmally. Ben. Kru- Croatian mountain. His mother basically fell down a ravine. And he ended up calling emergency services, telling them where they were, keeping his mum conscious. But he did all these amazing things. But um, and it's 30 minutes later, the rescue helicopter was there. But what was incredible about this is the boy literally, like, he climbed down the ravine to get to his mum. He kept her conscious. He rang for emergency services. His dad and his two sisters were there with him, and it, the dad looked after the sisters. And I just thought, God, love you. How shit is your dad? Do you know what I mean <laughs> like, oh, you deal with this huge? emergency son i'm just going to look take care of the kids like a bitch <laughs> sorry that was <laughs> but recently scottish mountain rescue quite rightly i think they had to rescue people near our guile the cobbler which is which is a mountain there 3 at 3:20 p.m basically these hill walkers from motherwell they got lost uh, in the mist so they had to have a call out but because they broke cuz lockdown is still very much lockdown in scotland well until this week but at the time of this article it wasn't because of lockdown they came down once they were rescued and the police gave them a fine because <laughs> they broke <laughs> lockdown rules yes and I think especially at this time where emergency services are already so stretched don't be selfish selfish and just do what's in your limits and and don't try and take like I know people say oh but I'm living my life but just don't fucking bother you see with extreme selfies, I think people grossly overestimate how much people on the internet care about what they do you know we don't
1: excellent thank you Daisy Kaylee your rebuttal fab so my rebuttal is an interesting one just gonna give myself that also I'd just like to start by Hill Walkers in the Mist will be the name of my next short story so thank you for that inspiration Daisy <laughs> <laughs> of
2: course it will
1: sure I felt like your top tip wasn't connected to exercise as much as it should have been because that's the topic this week I think your Hill your extreme sports is I uh, that, this is my rebuttal I don't think I've interrupted your rebuttals yet so um this is my rebuttal
2: how is extreme sport though not exercise
1: I, I think a lot of the time you talked about people taking selfies you didn't really talk about the exercise so what I was doing to extreme to sports. okay hold on Do you... I didn't feel I didn't feel like you talked about exercise enough so that's what I'm rebutting I feel like it was about people being idiots so how to survive being an idiot maybe that top tip would have been really helpful. But unfortunately, I didn't find it that helpful relating to extreme sports. And the ravine story you told was lovely story and really showed that little boy's courage. But were the family exercising? Is that why she fell down the the hole?
2: Mountain, judge, can I get a ruling on this? That is that. How is this not related to exercise? Climb a Listen, mountain, Cassidy, okay. and tell me if it's related to exercise.
0: Daisy, let
2: out. Kaylee finish her rebuttal. This is her rebuttal.
1: You really take it so... The things you've said to me on this podcast, and I, I'll let you do it, and I say one thing and you lose your shit. Come on, Daisy. Come on. I'm sorry that I've offended you with my rebuttal. It's just I've got a rebut. I can't just go, Daisy, just have it. Just have it, Daisy. I know you want me to do that.
2: Last week, I did that to you. <laughs> no, no, you did, and I,
1: I was very grateful for it. It was very nice. I think you'll notice that I did something nice in my rematch too. I actually have a story about when I um, went to the Grand Canyon, and your story reminded me of that. I wouldn't have called it exercise. I thought it was more travel and the sort of seeing landscape. I was with these French boys that I met on couch surfing because... Okay. Uh, what happened was I got, I was staying with a the family. They kicked me out of the house. I didn't do anything wrong. The mum just had another breakdown and I had to go on couch surfing and find some people to hang out with. These French boys were going on a trip around Las Vegas, the Grand Canyon, everywhere like that. So I went along with them. I didn't know them, but they they were very much into their toplessness. They had quite buff bodies and they liked photos being taken of them. So they just asked me to take pictures of them, like jumping across these big, massive sort of gaps in the rock which had massive drops underneath. Like if you've been to the Grand Canyon, it's a deep, deep place. And they were going and they were just jumping and they were asking me to take pictures and my heart was in my mouth. I was like, this is horrible. Like if you fell now, I would have a picture of you falling. And often they would come back and they'd be like, what was the picture like? And then I would sort them like, no, 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 we need to do it again. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. This is a very stressful road trip. So yeah, they were, that wasn't really exercise. They were just sort of obsessed with the photos so I feel like some people who are doing these extreme things like going in a hamster's wheel in the sea it's not about exercise it's more about the gimmick or the the fundraising it's not about the goal to be fit so I think that the focus has to be on exercise specifically
0: great thank you Kaylee both of these you know both of these this top tip and this rebuttal and listen I love my men I'm married to one but this is why I feel men die first Because they do stupid things all the time. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. Excellent, ladies. I'm not getting any extra points this time. I do agree with both of them. I'm going to give the two points to Daisy. Don't overextend emergency services and be a dum-dum because I think that's, we need to be, you know, it's not just about you right now. There's a lot of things going on in the world. So that just doesn't mean just for exercise. That's for everything. And you might actually survive exercise if you don't do something like an idiot. So two points to Daisy. For the rebuttal, yeah, I think I have to give it to Daisy. Don't be a nun. I don't
1: know. Actually, because that I'm was my a... top tip, be a nun. That was my top tip, Molly.
2: Yeah, I'm a nun, having, I'm having I a just...
0: hard time. No, no, no. Here's my hard time. I don't agree with that <laughs> with
1: that ruling because that wasn't your top tip. It was No, it wasn't. I was including celibate people because it's not first. Some people are asexual. They don't like sex. So I was including them in my top tip. That yeah, was really I... why I involved that. And the nun thing was. It's it very
2: heated today. We have all lost it our is. minds. We need to just take a moment, and myself included, remind ourselves that there is nothing to win here. We're all winners just by playing. There's I no love prize. it. You're the one saying. Let's it. just, <laughs> Cassidy. <laughs> let's okay. just all calm down.
0: <laughs> In that case, I'm going to give it to Kaylee because she did actually address the the argument so that's one point to Kaylee oh. so right now we are at four points Daisy three points Kaylee going into the final top tip which to remind no one wins or loses actually like no that. one loses we're all winners because we're together
1: oh exactly but as we know We need to be emotionally invested in this so it's at least interesting. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so we're going into our final top tip with Daisy at
0: four points, Kaylee at three. This literally could go either way. Daisy, you are going to begin. What is your final top tip for surviving exercise?
2: My final top tip is... I say this as someone who would self identify as a fat person. And I know people don't like the word fat, but I feel like that it's just a thing. It should be a neutral word, like someone's tall, someone's short, someone's thin, someone's fat. I just mean, I don't mean in a derogatory way. I'm talking about myself, I'm just saying overweight. As someone who is fat, my top tip is for those who are not, when fat people like myself are exercising, to leave us the fuck alone. I cannot emphasize enough how much, because I've surveyed them. We're all in one WhatsApp group. It's just, you know, <laughs> me, me and a few others. And we have all decided we don't give a fuck. We don't care. Don't shout things from a car. Like, you would have no idea how fucking rude people are to people who are overweight if I'm running don't shout from your car at me I have a very Scottish temper and I will put a brick for your car you because sometimes you think you're just dealing with a normal fat person but it may be one of the lunatics I which is me um I think that it is fine. And I would encourage any overweight person, if someone is rude to you when you are out exercising to sit on them until they can no longer breathe. I think it's completely (laughs) fine to squidge people. I mean, I remember a guy coming up to me in a nightclub and saying you would be all right if you weren't so fat. And I was (gasps) like, you'd be all right if you weren't such a cunt. Do you know what I mean? I just think that it's so rude. And I think that when you're bigger, exercising is harder because you've not done it for so long so I think if someone is brave enough and they are self-motivated enough that they're trying to change something and actually trying to do something to make them better the absolute cheek of some scuzzy always man by the way I've never seen a woman do this feel the need to shout something at them or just leave other people exercising alone and I that's mainly to be honest that's something I never really on the occasions I have been to a gym I've never really experienced that from people in a gym but it's more like if you're out in public and I just I find it so fucking rude because also I think the one thing that I found is someone who is overweight is that people have oh I even I had a friend who I say friend in the broader sense, we don't chat much anymore. And I think you'll understand why she used to be so rude to me about my size. She would say things like she was really short, and we were going to pick up like this suitcase. And I said, I'll get that I'm bigger. And she went, Oh, I could be as big as you if I was pregnant and let myself go a bit. And I was like, (gasps) mean yeah so mean such a cunt and then
1: why are you even still remotely her friend that's
2: oh she's a lunatic and then when we were and the thing is she was normally a good friend she just was like so rude about my size she we were once on a on a underground and she's a tiny woman and she was eating a chocolate bar and I was eating an apple and she said oh, I think that guy over there is laughing at us. And he wasn't, he wasn't even looking. He was like playing on his phone. And I was like, why would he laugh at us? And she went, oh, it's just like challenging his stereotypes, isn't it? Because she basically thought someone was laughing because I was eating what? fruit. People are what is so- wrong with her? I know, people are so, so rude. And the thing is, I think the thing about being fat is that if it's a, a weakness, say overeating or under exercising, however you want to frame it, it's one that people can visually see. Whereas I just think if people are really honest with themselves, it might be that they're lazy. It might be that they smoke. It might be that they drink. It might be that they're manipulative. Like there's so many bad traits a person can have it's just that you can't physically see them. Whereas if your bad trait is that you overeat, you can see it. But if you're trying to do something about that, like exercising, don't put up with someone then, you know, putting you down about it or being rude to you or trying to embarrass you. Just embarrass them back i once because i mean i'm not necessarily endorsing this but i once because i'm a lunatic someone i came out of a gig and he shouted something i can't remember what he shouted but they shouted it out of their car and it was just like shithole of a town. <laughs> And he really wound me up because he shouted something like, oh, hey, big girl, or whatever it was. And then their car, it was so embarrassing. Their car stopped at the traffic lights. So I walked past them and I literally came up to his window and I was like, why would you say that? I was like, you don't even know me. Like, how fucking rude. And then he ended up saying sorry and he was so embarrassed. But I thought you don't get to just shout something at someone in a car and then drive away because no. some of them, like me, will come up to your window and make you apologize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I hate you. Well done. I've done that. Well, because it's so rude. So that's my top tip is if you see a fat person exercising, just leave them the fuck alone. Great. Kaylee. Your rebuttal. Okay, so uh, imagine this rebuttal: if you <laughs> see a bad person, yell at them, put them down, make them feel like they should do more. Um, don't give them all the
0: material. Daisy. I was
1: going to say that, but since <laughs> you said that, I'm going to say something else. So I'd like to start by saying that the world is a beautiful place, and it's beautiful because we're all different, and it's important that we always are different. So I would just extend Daisy's top tip into that: it should be a criminal offence to offend somebody who's larger, who's exercised, It should be criminal offence that you're put in jail for. And, yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm quite passionate about that. I think it's important. I think that it's a certain kind of person who's going to shout at someone and say that. It says something else about the way they live their life and they should be taken out of the world mm. and put away so that we don't have to deal with them. I think your top tip brought up a couple of things for me and it made me think of a story which I'd like to share because it's quite an embarrassing story, but I've had a really bad relationship, negative relationship with my body for a long time and I was bullied as a little girl for being fat and I exercise and eat healthy now because it's a way for me, I, I, I just like doing it, but maybe at times I'm a bit obsessive about it. But I was seeing a guy recently, like maybe like a couple of months ago, and he said about my naked body, like, oh, what's that on your stomach? And I was like, what? And he was like, what's that on your stomach? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I looked and he's like, those lines. And I was like, oh, I can't really see them. Oh, I think they're stretch marks. He's like, oh, have you had a child? It's like, I've known you for two fucking months. Wow. You would know if I've had a child, like you're rude. Anyway, but by the way, I also suffer uh, with, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, awesome. I, I suffer with low self-esteem and assertiveness. So I didn't say anything. I just sort of let it go. And then he said it again a week later. I said, why, what, why do you keep asking me about my stretch marks? And he said, have you lost weight recently? And it's like, it's none of your, it's none of your business. He said, I'm really sorry. I don't want to make you feel insecure. And I was like, you are making me feel insecure. You've asked me twice now. I've never noticed my stretch marks before. Now I'm looking at them. I haven't got a child. I just have stretch marks because my ideas are like children and I have them every day. So that (laughs) might be (laughs) why. Oh,
2: yes. I
1: felt like, I just felt really upset by it because it's not, his job to comment on my body my body and also like I would never I think straight smarts are actually beautiful little light lines showing you where you grow like and then a man comes along and says to a woman who I'm not skinny I'm curvy he's like what are they if you had a child it's like so rude and I just felt I like had to share that story because I feel like I don't cry when I tell the story now. But like, whenever I told a friend, I would often cry. And yeah, and Aww. I just, yeah, I guess you need moments like that too. Um, but but this is the thing, Dave. This is why your your top tip brought it up for me is because people do it outwardly. These guys go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then other men are doing it horribly like that inside mm. the house. And it's abusive to women. Because then I did think for a couple of weeks, I was like, oh, I need to exercise more. I need to eat. Like, I, I stopped like having like, I just had one meal a day. And it's like, oh, why is that? Because he said that my body was that way. So there's there's different ways people can do it. They can do it like manipulatively and so outwardly that the whole world can hear. Yeah, that is
2: horrible.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Okay, thank you, Kaylee. I have fucking stretch marks on my thighs because i'm a woman and we grow and that's what happens to our bodies yeah. so that guy can go fuck himself totally also anyway i have many thoughts on this we're gonna get to at the end okay or should i do it now people there are people that are just larger and it doesn't matter what they do in life they're gonna be both of my parents actually my mother is more like she's curvy I wouldn't, she's definitely not fat, but she's definitely has dealt with her weight her entire life. And that woman eats healthier than anyone I know. And she's all like, that's why I eat very healthy is because she taught me about that. She's very into balanced meals, but she's always dealt with her weight. My father had to get gastro bypass because he was so large and couldn't get off the weight. Yeah, I have so many thoughts on that. Uh also fun story about someone. Yeah, this guy was cat calling me and he and I'm like walking and I'm listening in you know, a podcast. Unfortunately, not ours yet, but it like ended. And so I could actually hear him saying something to me. Is at a red light. And so I was like, you know, I'm just going to ignore it. And so I start across the street and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to fucking ignore it. So I go back. I was like, what did you say to me? <laughs> and he's like, what? I was like, you don't talk to women like that. Do not talk to women like that. And so <laughs> I'm coming around his door I, I gotta say his look of pure terror is one of my proudest moments <laughs> in life because he just starts you know putting his his window cannot go up fast enough and I was like would you talk to your mother like that would you talk to your grandmother like that or do you have a sister you cannot talk to women like that that is not okay and then I just walked off finally the you know the, the light turned green and he could not get out of there fast enough so Good for yeah you. that was my that was my story Ugh, yeah well oh, done
1: pick anyway, up for yourself but can you. I just add one little thing I think it's funny Whenever I hear like people say catcalling, I just, I just reminds Uh me of men going, Siamese, Tabby, you know, just (laughs) calling out names to cats at people.
0: (laughs) Anyway, okay. Kaylee, what is your final tip for surviving exercise?
1: So my final top tip is meditate. As well as having a positive physical exercise plan, it's important to have an internal exercise plan. They complement each other very well. Control the mind and it's wondering. Have you ever been in a situation where you are lost? You don't know where you're going. So you stop and ask someone, Excuse me, do you know the way to Gumpton Street, for example? I don't know. I've never been to Gumpton Street, but I just put that one in there. The person does, and they happily tell you the directions. But just as they begin on their third direction, you drift off. The wanderer mind goes away. Nowhere is more important than being in that moment listening to that person who is giving the instructions, but instead, you were thinking about super noodles and tapas. Good, shareable tapas. And then the first person finishes. And on autopilot, you say, thank you. But then you're fucked. The night is falling and your phone is out of battery. You are too ashamed to ask the person the directions again. So you just have to guess. And then you end up getting lost. And you end up sleeping in a yellow skip with a dead pigeon and a load of crunched up Australia cans. Is that a true story? Yes. <laughs> It's me before the meditation. Mind wandering is ubiquitous. Mind wandering is ubiquitous. (laughs) (laughs) Ubiquitous. So we need to exercise it through meditation in order to be more present. Matt Killingsworth is a happiness researcher. He found out through his data he collected via his app, Track My Happiness, that humans are happy when they are in the moment. How to survive your life is about finding the best way to live your life. And I believe that if we exercise our minds and challenge our wandering mind to be in the moment, it's not just about surviving life, but it goes an extra level to say how to enjoy your life. Killingsworth says, a human mind is a wandering mind and a wandering mind is an unhappy mind. The ability to think about what is not happening is a cognitive achievement that comes at an emotional cost. Now, our minds wander 46.9% of the time. Killingsworth research also found that our minds wander 30% of the time, even when we were engaged in tasks apart from sex. Mm. So our minds don't wander <laughs> the least during sex, which really shows you my top tip too. <laughs> nuns to stop being a nun. So meditation can help us combat this wandering mind of ours by focusing on a single point of reference, breath, body scan, or loving kindness. We can train what neuroscientists call our default network, which is the part of the brain that wonders. Meditation has long-term benefits and there are lots of different types which you can find that suit you, like you can find uh, the right meditation for you. I recommend the loving kindness meditations as it reconfigures perspectives and encourages social closeness. Meditation is a panacea. It builds brain tissue and boosts our ability to be in the moment, where we are always happier thank you
2: excellent thank
0: you
1: okay daisy your rebuttal
2: i mean i think it's a good tip but i think it's more about mindfulness and i don't know whether it's related enough to exercise for me because <laughs> i see exercise as a very specific thing I don't think extreme sport, you know, climbing up mountains or doing something like that, would really relate to exercise. So I also don't think that meditation and mindfulness really relates enough to exercise. So I think it's a good point, but probably not for me related enough to the topic. Which, as you know, I i'm very particular about <laughs> great thank you daisy oh, Daisy, i thought that was
1: kaylee sorry i didn't know if it, i thought you were replaying my my bottle
0: <laughs> oh dear okay great this is going to be very interesting ladies i'm going to start with the two points and i'm going to give that to daisy because yeah leave fat people alone when they're exercising leave everyone alone when they're exercising if someone's trying to better themselves you should be applauding them, not putting them down. I think I told you ladies this story, but I used to have it was just one of many, many signs. I should not have been dating him, but I dated this guy in uni. And I remember on more than one occasion, he would see like a larger woman running and he would make some comment about it. I'm like, why are you doing that? Like she's trying to better herself. And let me tell you, karma's a bitch because time has not been kind to him. <laughs> So that is two points to Daisy. And to the rebuttal, I'm giving it to Kaylee because I do agree with her. It should be a a crime if you are going to
1: do that kind of stuff.
0: And we all are beautiful.
1: So well done, Kaylee. But the thing is, the one point is just there's no joy in that when you felt two points. It's weird, isn't it? I just I just didn't feel any joy at that one point. Am I dead inside?
2: Is this podcast ruining me? (laughs) I mean, it feels a little ungrateful. I'd love one point. Want to give it to me? (laughs) (laughs) I will say, Kaylee
0: does make a good point about the meditation because our physical and mental well-being are connected. And that is a good point. But I'm not going to award an extra point for it. So that leaves us with five points, Daisy, and four points, Kaylee. So, Daisy, you have
2: won how (laughs) to survive. Exercise. the irony of someone I mean they can't see me but someone as unfit as me winning the episode how to survive exercise is not lost on me but thank you so much I'm I'm delighted
0: Kaylee,
2: how are you feeling everything? How there? you feeling,
1: Kaylee? You okay? Yeah.
2: How's it how's it feel to lose for
1: once? You- I can't get a word in Edgeways even when I'm talking about my loss with that Daisy. <laughs> I I feel I feel like nothing. I feel like I <gasps> have no joy anymore it's gone oh, um, you should meditate last week I gave you my soul I wrote a letter about my sexuality you gave it me I love Daisy. It. yeah you say you love it but you love Daisy more and this week I gave a whole thing about meditation it's internal exercise it's important and you said yeah it's really good but now I'm not going to give you a point And I feel like you're dangling the carrot in front of my face. And I'm just going to accept that I am the underdog. I'm going to continue to lose. And I'm going to lose very gracefully. I enjoy this podcast, but I do feel a little bit dead inside. Okay, great. Um, Great. So
0: that...
2: <laughs> Good. Good. we are happy that you feel dead inside moving on sorry that just reminded me do you remember when we were doing improv I think I said this before but it's honestly it's I just for the record because I know I make fun of Kaylee a lot on this but I adore Kaylee and my favorite memory of Kaylee oh, was yeah. when she said something in our improv class and she said something like oh I had a really difficult childhood
0: at times and the it's, so I know oh no okay so we were doing that exercise where we're all getting in a car and two of the people that were already in the scene were like arguing and then Kaylee entered the scene and said yeah and then
2: yeah so she said like oh it reminds me of my childhood or something Everyone arguing all the time. It wasn't very pleasant. And the women who, bless her, was she was so nice who was leading this class. But everything she said, because improvisers do that kind of yes and, everything she said was super positive. But it made no sense because Kaylia just said, oh, yeah, I find this really traumatic to remember. And then the lady was like, that's amazing. Great. Good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, baby, it's the
0: pattern. <laughs> well, the truth is neither one of you are underdogs because you are now both tied. Ooh. So when we come back for episode seven, we're coming at back to equal playing ground. Very exciting. Molly,
1: can I do a little plug for the illustration? Yes. Oh, yes. please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I'm doing is I'm illustrating the podcast with a little weird, quirky little thing. If you've got any ideas as the listeners as to what you'd like to see drawn, then we'll definitely take your consideration and then we can draw them we're still looking for an idea for remote working so if you have any ideas do send them in or comment on the podcast and then we can get them illustrated for you
0: yes and we will be putting those up on our social media outlets very soon they um they're already on Kaylee's they are amazing. They are just joyful in every way. On that note, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at how the number two survive pod. You can find us on Facebook at how to survive your life. And if you don't like social media, we completely understand. And you can email us those ideas or comments or whatever at how to survive your life pod at gmail.com. I'm Molly. That was Daisy. That was Kaylee. Thank you, and we will talk to you next week. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Music by Jazar.